0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
1: now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group void. Or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18 plus. So I just want to welcome everybody to the first episode of Dream Big Live Large, the podcast. And if this is your first time make sure that you are subscribed to us that you're following us on social media um, you can follow the page it's going to be just Phoenix Star 9 and that's p-h-o-e-n-i-x-s-t-a-r the number nine and then you can join us on the website phoenixstar9online.com and today we are going to be interviewing a serial entrepreneur Barryan mcqueen how are you doing
0: I'm good,
1: how you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Um, So first and foremost, I wanna say thank you for joining me today and for, you know, just giving me some of your time. Um, I know you're a busy guy. So, you know, I just wanted to kick things off by saying, you know, I met you a while back, like a long, years ago. Um, You know, you had been doing music at one point. (laughs) what made yeah. the transition what, what, yes. what
0: sparked that? <clears throat> i think the thing is is you know a lot of the stuff that i do now in business was a lot of the stuff that i was doing for myself as an independent artist um so you know as an artist without a record deal you know we was out getting our own sponsorships and working with these big brands um so we was able to do all of those things from an independent standpoint, and you know, when I kind of when I turned thirty, I was done with music. Um, I had got to a point where I really just was concerned about finally putting an album out after a bunch of bad record deals. Um, and when I finally got that album out, it was just like a relief off my back. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of still be in the music business, but behind the scenes. I didn't want to be the artist anymore. Um, so i mean the transition to the business world it seemed a little seamless because i didn't change anything that i was really doing before it was Mm -hmm. just from a different perspective
1: okay so when you say from from a different perspective for you right coming from even just the the music background and just really promoting yourself What do you look for? What do you look for now in a client? So for once you were on that you you on the other side, but now what do you look for in the clients that you you know that you bring in?
0: So from a from a from a marketing standpoint, you know, we've worked with some of the biggest brands out there. I'm talking like the Coca-Cola, the Pepsi's and Champion and H and M, those big brands. Um, but those aren't really the ones that I actually like really. Um, we don't really target those, those just kind of fall into our lap. Um, right. the people we really like to target or like the small business owners, because when they come to me from a consulting standpoint or from a marketing standpoint, they don't have anything. They just like, look, I got a business. I know I need to start marketing it or, or getting it out there. I need your help. So. I like those more because as those businesses grow, I kind of feel like I grew with those businesses. So I can see from the beginning when they didn't even have a logo for their company. Um, Just to watch it grow, it just feels like a double win for me, a double win for them. Um, So I get more um, excited about the new businesses and the small business people that you know, when they came to me, they had nothing. And then, you know, working with me for a couple months or two a year um, to see them actually grow and, and have something tangible. Um, I think that's more exciting to me than actually working with the big brands.
1: Okay. Now, I, I like that point of view because it is very rewarding, you know, to see a brand that you help grow. And get to be bigger correct, and now I have seen some of yeah. the uh some of the videos that you've put out on your YouTube channel um uh, with some of the uh influencers that that you've worked with before, so what made you yeah. is that is that like one of your targets? what made you say hey this is these are the people we're gonna try to work with, or is that a specific target for you
0: um I, my target is really anybody that's you know, um, in the entrepreneurial or business owner space, um, all of my clients are either business owners or trying to start a business or they have a business, but they're trying to grow a business. Um, So it's so general that, you know, my, my interaction with different business owners are always different because they had different stages in where their business is. Some people have been in business 10 years, some people just starting out. Um, so the difference with my approach is, I don't do the same approach for every client. So it's super custom, like I don't a lot of marketing companies, they have a formula, and they just say, Oh, we're gonna plug you into our formula. And this is what we've mm-hmm. done for clients in the past. But my creative spirit won't allow me to (laughs) cookie cutter anybody situation um so you know my approach is a lot more from a creative um direction rather than the typical um business angle and analytics and like all that stuff matters of course but you know i used to be a recording artist so creativity was um i think my my expertise in you know growing and targeting um prospects for for my clients so the approach is a lot different okay
1: so one thing that i did want to touch on the name the brand castle where did that come from i gotta know
0: uh when i relocated from delaware to miami florida and um you've been doing all this branding stuff, man. You should have been had like an agency or something, man. Because you've been doing that for a long time. Like you got the experience because you was doing it as an artist. He said, "You know what? You are you a branding specialist." And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I'm like a branding specialist. What it was that? i like, from a consultant standpoint, like you. You should sell yourself as a branding specialist. When you was a recording artist, you did your own tour. You were sponsored by Siroc. You had all of these things going, like, if you do that for businesses, you're a branding specialist. And I never really understood it. I never knew all these years that's what we was doing. We was creating logo designs from my chain design started off as a logo. And all of those things that I do for my clients now, we really were doing those things. From the record label when we had Star Made Music Group. It started with a logo and then we had a website and then it just grew social media so it's like we were doing that all those years we just didn't know it had a title. Um, so the brand castle is more like. I wanted it to feel like a home for people, no matter what the brand was and the biggest home I could think of was the castle to be able to put as many people under one roof as possible. So, um, okay. under the brand castle, you know, we have photographers, we got videographers, we got uh, people that just specialize in SEO and marketing, and editors, and you know, it's a it's a really an ecosystem under that brand castle label, um, and that's how we kind of came up with the title for for the brand castle. We wanted to to, to include so many different creatives under one, one roof and uh i figured a castle would be the biggest thing to be able to fit
1: everybody <laughs> right a ca- castle right okay because i yeah. saw that i saw you we could have been so much
0: house. yeah we could have been the brand house but that just don't ring well like the grand castle <laughs> no
1: i no i i love the brand castle i'm like it stuck in my head the first time i saw it come across my timeline and I just kept seeing you everywhere. Nice. I was like, okay, this it sticks with you. So I was like, okay, very impressed. Now, one thing I do want you to tell me a little bit more about, how it, how important is it to you to get out in front of your brand? Um, a lot of marketers stay behind the scenes, but how important is that to you?
0: I was, and I'm, to be completely honest with you, that was me. So people don't know, I just started my Instagram a year and a half ago. um, wow. And it was for that reason. You know, I focused all my energy. Everybody knew me as B to the Die, So, right. you know, when I was starting to get around, some yeah, so when I started getting around some people with some serious money, I couldn't show them B to the Die. They didn't care about him. They just wanted to know me as the person, Baron McQueen, so I just... Um, I, I created my Instagram literally a year and a half ago, and I have put so much focus on putting my businesses out there that I never mm-hmm. really understood that people actually liked me as a person. Um, and the more I started focusing on building my personal brand dramatically, I think is key because people fall in love with the person before they fall in love with the logo. So when they know they're dealing with the actual person behind a brand, they're a little bit more receptive. Um, so that's why I really started focusing more on, you know, I left B to the dot where he was, and then I just started going by my real name everywhere. And um that's it.
1: I like that because a lot of people, a lot of people can't say they can just use their name your name is very unique i, I have to say your name is very yeah. very unique um so if you don't mind me asking um what's the do you have a special meaning behind your name is there a reason why um your parents named you barian is that is it is it a special meaning behind it
0: um the, the word means noble man um i learned that years ago but my dad Dad's name was that was his name. Oh, um, awesome. so that was my dad's first name, and I got his middle name and his first name. And my mom did not give me his last name because she didn't want me to be a junior because they had oh, beef. Oh man! So I got all the other names,
1: <laughs> and then I kept okay,
0: and I got her last name. So, um, so I don't know if when my grandma named my dad. Did she know that that meant noble man? But just as time grew, I learned about what the meaning of the name was. Um, but it was just that was my dad's first name.
1: Okay, because I see you li- you're living up to that. Like I'm, um, even though you know we had a brief meeting a while back, I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. I- I've just seen you grow, and it's it- I'm very impressed, and I'm I, I want to know more. So I also know you've written the book why won't my business grow? What sparked that book? <laughs> What was the reason why you came up with that?
0: So I tell people a lot. Um, the reason I'm able to help a lot of businesses is because I used to be an employee, right? Mm-hmm. So from an employee perspective, a lot of business owners, they don't understand the people that make their company work. So I've learned that because I've worked for some big companies, and I've grew as big as I can get at a company, and then I'm just stagnant. It's I can't go no higher in position. I can't make no more money than what I was capped at. But you know, once I made it to like uh, almost managerial office, like the right hand man to the owners. When I got into those positions, it was two different companies I've only worked for all my life. Um, When I got to those positions, it's a lot of things that the business owners didn't understand about their employees. And I think if business owners understood their employees a little better, um, it's a lot of things they would implement in their business structure that would help their business grow. Because those are the people that's putting in the work, really. So your company's only going to be as big as the people that's working for you. So when you don't hold them accountable or you, um, you don't have a direct relationship with the people that work for you. It's ultimately Mm -hmm. you're going to get to a point where your business is going to stop growing or it's going to get worse. Um, so I wrote that book really from an employee standpoint of all working Mm -hmm. for other people and understanding that you, you don't really understand your employees. So, because I had a marketing background I was able, and then I worked there. I was able to put together a lot of different reports that probably the average person wouldn't be able to do and understand, because I was privy to extra information because I was so cool with the business owners. So then I, you know, I had access to, you know, how much money the company was making, what the expenses were, the P&L sheets, all of these things I had access to. So when I can do that. And then I can find the direct correlation between the people that work for you in the numbers. Well, I was able to understand well, well, this is why you only been doing 3 million for the last three mm-hmm. years, You've never grown. Um, but what I understood was when I brought this information to the people that I worked for, people who I thought, you know, we had a relationship in business and right. a friendship outside the business, they were offended. Hmm so um i had just vowed after that that i wouldn't work for nobody else but me and now all of those people still call me to this day
1: needing marketing and i won't work for them well i don't blame you because they had the opportunity to listen to what you had to say and (laughs) you know yeah i mean like my thing is like so i
0: worked when i was in delaware i worked for an engineering firm for about 13 years fresh out of high school, like I started Mm -hmm. working there when I was fifteen, And I got cool with the owner. And same thing, I had access to everything. And you know, I'm like, look, you know, this, 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 we should implement this, we should do this, like, we only making this amount. If we do this, we can make this amount. And because I was young, one, and because I was black, two, um, they looked at that, like, what does this kid know what he don't know what he talking about like i've been doing business before he started working here so i felt like they was offended or they just didn't take me serious and just kind of brushed me off um and i packed my bags and i left delaware and i moved to florida where i knew nobody and i came here and did the same thing got with a company built that company up and they i mean i think that company was doing maybe two 3 million a year before I got there. And then being there six years, I think we grew 2 million every year. Once I got in charge. And that company's doing 10 million a year now, but they could be doing 20. But you know, it comes back to the leadership. So um, I don't know if I, I think maybe they feel threatened, right? So the right move would be okay baron has added a lot of value to this company maybe we should give him like some shares in the company or maybe some percentage because without him we wouldn't be able to grow and the owners never look at it that route if they would have looked at it that route then i now i'm more accountable for what i do because now i got a stake in the company but when you deal with people that some selfish business owners and they only care about their name being on the building and don't want to um, give you what you worth, then you got to bounce. So I left and I started doing that for myself. And I'm like, you know, I've been building everybody else's companies and I never bet on me. So the brand castle is different. Our structure is completely different. My interaction with the people that work for me is completely different.
1: So. Can you tell me a little bit about when you say the people that work for you, what's the culture like for maybe if you had an opportunity for somebody to intern at the brand castle or to come work for you? What's the culture like? What could they expect if they, you know, were ever extended an opportunity?
0: So my culture is really like, um, I'm not a I'm not a nine to five kind of guy. I'm like, let's just work and get the job done. So if it took you four hours or it took you eight hours, but I just want to, I just want to be around people who are always constantly creating. So even if you're not at the office, but you home and you're sending me ideas, like that's the kind of people I want to work for. And then to them, those people don't feel like they're working. Yeah, they get a check or they get paid for what they're doing, but they so passionate about what they're doing, it they don't feel like work. So for me, it's like. I don't like having to show up to a job everybody shows up at nine o'clock everybody eats lunch around 12 or one by five everybody's ready to go and they've been looking at the clock countdown since quarter to five and it's like nah right. like if I say today yo we working today don't go to the office we meet at the beach and let's change our scenery, and, and and let's create. Let's come up with some creative ideas. Like, that's the kind of boss I want to be. And that's the best ideas that we get from a creative standpoint is when we change the scene. When you're sitting in a cubicle or in an office and looking at the same walls, you how can you be creative when there's so much life outside? So it's yeah, like,
1: right. I don't want
0: that culture. Like, the world, so like, if I like to the, it's to the point where I don't want to have an office no more. Like I, I we can meet at Panera Bread or Starbucks every day if you want. Because it's, it's unnecessary overhead for what we do. We can work from oh, wherever. Okay. Cool. So like from, you know, once stuff get back to normal, like I want to start traveling with, with with the team, like, I'm gonna be like, yo, let's just go Let's rent a house for a week in Thailand and work in Thailand. Let's go to Europe for a week and work in Europe. Like I want to do that. Those type of experiences that people that work for you, they're never going to forget that. If they ever leave your company, they know they're never going to be able to get that experience at another company ever. And that's the kind of impression you want to leave on your employees.
1: And most like employees that
0: leave, a, most employees that leave a company, right. it never have to do with the loyalty. It got to do with the money. People got families to feed, so they want to go true. where the money is the best. That is true. So if you pay people what they worth, like I don't, like I don't go to people and be like, "Look, yo, I'm gonna give you twelve dollars an hour. That's what you're gonna work for." I'm like, nah. I'm like, look, we got this client. This is their budget let's let's break up percentages this percentage of this campaign go to you this percentage go to you and and that's it like i'm not in the business of ripping people off enslaved people to work for me i want people to work with me because they believe in what i do and my vision for the company and if they ain't in the line with that then you know it's cool you're not under no contract you're free to leave whenever
1: I like the team mentality. I, I really like that team mentality because a lot of bosses, um, no matter where you go, a lot of bosses are really, they're looking out for number one. They don't care about what you got going on. They. Mm-mm. Some people, they want you to stay in that whole uh, little hamster wheel, you know, and you yeah. seem like you you want to change it up for the people that you work with. And it's not just an I thing. It's a team thing. It's a we thing. So I can right. really respect that. Awesome. That's always been my
0: thing because I don't, I, you know, I know for a lot of years when I, I take my example for the music business, I didn't see the most success in music until I put the right people in position on my team. But I was so selfish in music that I didn't trust nobody, that I wanted to do everything. I was my photographer. I was the producer. I was the video man. I was, I, I wanted to do everything cause I didn't trust nobody, but I was burning myself out. Um, so when I started letting, letting go of the reins and, you know, putting some people on my team that specialized in the things that I needed. And you know, that's when we had the most success. So, I mean, the same thing goes for, for my business. I can do everything at my company because if anybody leave me on any given day, The company won't stop. Like right now, my company's not working right now. So it's like, but at the end of the day, that's not the people that work for me's fault. That's my job to get it back going once all this Corona stuff is over.
1: That's true. You
0: you know, I I gotta tell, I gotta be honest with my people. I'm like, look, all the marketing has stopped. People are scared to spend money right now. So, I can't, I don't even have projects to give you right now. So, if you tell me, look, Baron, I gotta do something, I gotta go drive for Uber or whatever, I'm cool with that. You got a family too. So, I'm never going to mm-hmm. be like, man, you gotta just wait this out because once it get back, then we back. I was like, nah, like, if there's anything I could do to help you, let me know. I got you. But it's just like, our culture is different like I, i'm I'm all about the family culture like if i got people that work for me and we can't spend thanksgiving together that's not the kind of people i want working for me
1: because i can tell you right now a lot of people I, at my well that's neither here nor there but i can i can appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> I, saw, I, I, put a post, I put a post
0: up on instagram not long ago and the post was your boss will never pay you enough to be his neighbor.
1: Ooh, there's levels to that post, so I need you to break that down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I
1: need you to break that one down. A lot of people won't get it.
0: So it's like Why? think about this. Like I, I can, I can, and I can give you. I, I can give you just my personal experience, right? So I worked for a guy. He owned a hurricane impact window business here in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. He built his house from the ground up. Actually, I built his house for him. Didn't make a penny. He built his house. He spent probably a $1 million on the land, probably another $3 million building it from scratch. So that's $4 million on his house. But I was only making $60,000 a year.
1: What so you put that in perspective,
0: I will never be his neighbor. You're never gonna be able to be in a position that, that's the difference when, when you when you work for people. nobody ever gonna pay you enough money to where you can be at the same level that the owner is at never is it's, it's impossible
1: so how do we how do you get out of that mindset what What's something you would tell people? Or even with the post that you, um, with what you posted, what are some things people can do to kind of move, move towards being their own boss or, or not, not just that, but getting the courage to, yeah. to move from being an employee or not having their own business? What are some things you would, would tell them?
0: It's tough, real So I, I, I tell people all the time, like, I can't. I can't everybody can be an entrepreneur. I'm not saying that you can't make good money working for people because you know I went from making 28 grand a year to 60 grand a year. So it's doable. Um the thing is, is when you bet on yourself, your potential is unlimited. When I was at a company, I couldn't make no more than 60 grand a year. There's no way. That was that was I was maxed out. That was the cap. So it's like when you cap, then what? But if you bet on yourself and then you do your own thing, you got a potential to shatter sixty thousand a year. So I tell people, find something that you love doing, and figure out a way to make some money doing it. I was before the Brand Castle was the Brand Castle. The Brand Castle was my side hustle after work. I worked a nine to five. Actually, I worked a seven mm-hmm. to six, but I was salary, so that didn't matter. So I worked at seven to six and then when I got home from about seven to maybe one in the morning, I was working on the Brandcastle stuff. And to the point where I started making the same amount of money working less hours doing my stuff. And I'm like, this don't add up. Like I'm putting in 60, 70 hours a week for this guy for 60,000. I'm only working four hours a day on my stuff and I'm making the same 60,000 on the side. So it's like, oh, man. So then I had to bet on myself. I'm like, if I'm making what I'm making there, working less hours, of course, if I put more hours in, I should be able to make more money. So that's the thing. But I I, I try to stress to people the goal is to be able to have more than one stream of income.
1: Because for,
0: for right now, like, I always stress diversification. Like, I got stock invested in the stock market. Do I know what I'm doing? No. I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. I just, I'm just trying to diversify. That's, that's the truth. Guys, honest truth.
1: You I, I, like I started, me.
0: I started investing in stocks through cash app. I don't know if you got cash app.
1: Yes, and so. I, yes. Same same. So
0: Cash App allows you to be able to invest right through their app, right? Mm-hmm. So I invested. I started in. I, I invested in Netflix probably like a year ago, and I put like a hundred bucks I think in the Netflix. But when I sold that, those shares in Netflix, my thing was at like three hundred bucks. So I had made two hundred bucks, wow. not even knowing what I was doing. Like right now, I'm looking at it right now. So I got some stock invested in Visa. Well, so Visa, I lost $0.26 cents today. So Visa went down a percent today. But so far, since I've been with Visa, I've got, so I invested $50 in the Visa, and I've gained $50. So now I'm at $100. Wow. So it's like. I'm just always looking at ways to diversify. So, for example, my marketing company, the Brandcastle is shut down right now. We can't work. I can't have people in the office. The building we work in is shut down. Um, of course, my clients is freaked out. So they like, yo, marketing is always the first budget that's cut, which should be the last budget cut. But it's not my money, right. so
1: I can't tell. I can't,
0: on, I can't tell them how to split. I could just consult them and say look people are home this is the opportunity you should be spending to spend marketing dollars but um but everybody's so scared they don't know what's going to happen their employees are not working so i get it so the brand castle is stopped right now but i own a real estate photography company that's booming right now realtors can't show houses right now right because they But my photography and video company, Real Estate Captured, they doing all the virtual tours for the realtors right now. So had I not had had just that diversification, I'd be screwed. I'd be home watching Netflix like
1: everybody else, not making no money. (laughs) But you know something that I've noticed that with everything that's going on, and it does sound like it did hit a Of your income, but at the same time, there's so much opportunity out here. With the given, it's a crisis. You know, I get it's a crisis, but there's so much opportunity, and you just show that that there is a lot, there's still opportunity out there.
0: That's it. So I just that's I I always tell people to diversify. When I bought my house here, I bought a nice house. Actually, I bought this house because I was going to flip it and sell it, but once we started working on it, and we found out it was actually on the water, I decided not to sell it, but I bought the down payment for my house. I got the money from selling sneakers on eBay, really I, mean, I made ten thousand dollars selling old Jordans on eBay.
1: but you know something people don't understand like even though a lot of people don't un- don't understand when it comes to the money. Well, not the yeah. money, but the value in in the sneakers. There's a lot of value because there are stories behind those sneakers. I used to work, I used to work as a trainer for uh, for Nike.com, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for their customer service. So we had to learn the culture. We had to t- I had to teach people. I had to teach the, the customer service reps about the culture. And there are people right. paying so much money for sneakers. So I can see why you made that ten thousand. So I, you know, now, is that something a- you still do?
0: Well, check this out, right? So when I was doing that, I didn't know it was a big thing. Like, granted, my shoes were in mint condition, like, but when I moved from Delaware to Florida, I didn't have none of the boxes because they wouldn't all fit in the car. Right. But so with just the shoes, but somebody told me, yo, man, if you're not going to wear those Jordans, why you don't sell them online? And I'm like, nobody's going to buy a bunch of used sneakers. They like, yeah, they do. People buy them and trade them and
1: everything.
0: (laughs) I didn't didn't know that was a thing. So I got on there. Of course, you know, my marketing hat comes on. I'm like, I got to make a whole company out of it. It's just not going to be me selling shoes. So I came up with this company called Thrift Premium. So I started this company called Thrift Premium um and it wasn't just sneakers it started out with just jordan's but then we started i started going to all the goodwills thrifting jerseys and uh, all kind of stuff that i knew that was sell online fashion wise so we created the company thrift premium and it's still making money today
1: that's awesome
0: well i got that's thrifters awesome. in, in seven different states that go to thrift stores, find me dope stuff that we can sell, and we put it on thrift premium's eBay page. Whether it's throwback jerseys, hats, uh, old rock, t-shirts, memorabilia, all of that goes on thrift P- premium on eBay.
1: And it's money and, in it. You can, it's money in it. That's crazy.
0: And that's my thing about diversification. Like Something that was just collecting dust at my house, I'm like, man. I bought my, I put my down payment on my house with those sneaker money. So like. Now that's inspiring.
1: That is really inspiring.
0: Yeah. You know, I, you know, as a rapper, man, I spent so much money as a rapper that I, I wish I was smarter with my money back then, but I didn't own anything. I bought a bunch mm-hmm. of cars, had an apartment, had a nice condo, had all of these things, but I never owned anything. And I had the money too um i could have had places in vegas and i mean just the money we spent was stupid but i never owned anything and then the older i got i still got all my jewelry it's in a safe deposit box but those was just those was marketing materials for me when people see me out if they didn't know who i was they read my chain so i always just
1: understood
0: I just always understood marketing from that perspective and you know it's a little different now because i'm in a space with people that these people are worth millions and you look at them and you will never be able to tell
1: it always seems like that like the people that have the most money they are the most just they're, they're down to just a sense they're minimalists, you know they yeah. just really stick to the essentials and save their money or invest their money in something else. So that's that's cool.
0: it. All the people that I meet, man, I went to this thing called the Millionaire's Brunch. All of these guys were millionaires in the building, and you couldn't tell. Just basic, regularly dressed. It was a super casual event, so they, you know they just out there, just nice shorts and a little polo shirt and some boat shoes, like super chill. And (laughs) it's worth, you know, 10, 20 million dollars. We out on a three million dollar yacht. So I'm like, wow. So, you know, my circle has changed because I'm not in a space where I'm the smartest person in the room no more. So I'm around other people that's doing 10 times what I'm doing, and I'm just sitting back shutting up and
1: listening. Now, that is very important because a lot of people do a lot more talking than they do listening. So how, when you're in those spaces and you're just listening, what is it that makes you just stay patient? You know, because a lot of times some people just want to jump in and they they want to be these guys. They want to know it quickly. They want to just, you know, for it to happen fast. How do you how do you stay patient with, with your growth period, even in those spaces? Well, what I do is, you know, I set
0: I set some um some goals that are they seem almost impossible, but I always celebrate like small wins, right? Like you put down like a bunch of goals, like everybody will do their 2020 goals, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And their goals
0: could be something crazy, like I wanna. I want to buy a new house and a boat and three trips to Italy and this is like they got all of this stuff they want to do for 2020. But I think people don't celebrate their small wins. That yo, that that was a small step, but that's a small step to the big step. So for me, like hmm. when I set goals, like who I would have never thought I would write a book. I hated reading. <laughs> that was one of my small goals. And just that small goal of writing a book, it put me two years ahead of my timeline. I didn't know that was going to do what it was going to do. I've never been on Fox News and ABC and all of that. And now they got me out there like a best selling published author. And I'm like, what?
1: I wrote that book in an hour. (laughs) But that's how it happens. That's how it happens. Yeah. So I tell people,
0: yo, celebrate your small wins, man. Like they can't, no, they matter. Like I got my real estate license last year. I never planned on selling real estate. It was a personal goal of mine. It's something that I just wanted to have. So it's like, yo, you got to celebrate your small wins. When when I went out for that real estate license, they told me they it ain't been the person that came through this real estate school that passed that test on the first try. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've been out of school. I don't know how long you got to pass school test and then you got to pass a state exam. I'm like, oh, man, I ain't never going to get this real estate license. I okay. passed it on the
1: first try. So was it was Well, granted, yeah, you passed it on the first try. But was it something for you as you were getting ready to step into that realm and just having that at first? It seems like he might have had like a little lack of confidence. And then you just still went and aced it. So how did you build yourself up, even when it came down to the moment you're getting ready to take the exam, going to school? How did I'm you build t- yourself up to keep going?
0: I'm going to tell you this. I was a nervous wreck the day that test came. I had to go to that <laughs> center, like, sweating for no reason. As soon as I walked in the building, I was nervous. And the problem was is I had just been listening to everybody else who didn't have a real estate license, tell me about the real estate test. And so it's like, it's too much outside interference and buzz and noise that just really made that situation a lot more, Um, uh, like just give you anxiety that you really didn't even need, just listening to other people, man. So I, I try not to listen to a lot of people anymore because everybody is an expert everybody thinks they're expert i run into people okay. all the time
1: everybody has an
0: opinion and they they think they're expert but they don't have no proof to prove why so here i am listening to a bunch of people who because they failed their real estate test on the first time it's hard so now i'm like oh my gosh this test must gonna be crazy like because that guy he's really smart i know him and no, he just was a bad taker. And I didn't do nothing but take all other people's doubts and put it in my brain that I'm going to be a nervous wreck doing this test. And it was done on the first try. So it's it's a lot of uh, outside influences that really affect. Um probably our emotions and how we do things. So for me, it was just like, you know what, just cancel all the noise, get out there and get it done. Like I was so focused on getting it done, but my reasoning for being a realtor had nothing to do with the same reason everybody else wanted one. I wanted it because it was a personal goal for me. I never wanted to be a realtor. I want to be selling houses like they do on a million dollar listing and no. It was a personal goal for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Every time
0: I set a personal goal, my focus is different because I I don't tell nobody what I'm doing. I don't don't nobody know what's going on. I don't post about it like oh about to get about to take the real estate test. Like I don't do none of that. I just like I don't want to talk about what I do. I just want to show people the results because people do a lot of talking, a lot. I rather just show
1: the results so I do want to touch on a couple things with you social media what is your do you have a preferred channel what are your fate what's your favorite channel to use right now
0: (laughs) Instagram is my favorite channel right and what should be my favorite channel is YouTube and this is a this is what it comes to again setting small goals for 2020 my goal was to create a youtube channel and because i got so many people that ask me questions about business and tips but they never want to pay my consulting fee i wanted to start providing some free value for people right that was one of my mm-hmm. 2020 goals start a youtube channel now I got nothing but time to shoot YouTube videos. And I haven't yes, shot
1: one,
0: one piece of content. And that's my problem. It's just like <laughs> I'm, my brain goes so many different directions so fast that it's like my wife looks at me crazy. She's like, yo, I don't like you. So you think you the most focused person. You are so unfocused. And I'm like, really? I be thinking I be so focused. I got my attention span is really short, and it's like when something hits in my mind, no matter what I was doing at the moment before that thought hit my mind, I just shift gears. And it's, I mean, it's it's terrible when you. I'm running six businesses, so it's terrible when you got that because. Something hit me, and then I go focus on that, and then I stop doing what I was originally doing. So, but that's something I know I need to work on,
1: though. So, yeah, and it's hard for so me sometimes. Social media-wise,
0: media Instagram is my platform. The reason I like Instagram is because I can put out a picture, I can put out a video, I can get content to people quickly without having to go mm-hmm. through the process of editing and everything that we have to do for YouTube.
1: That's true. And it doesn't have to be long at all. Correct. Okay.
0: Like I can get on there, I can give you some value, give you some game, I could go live real quick and answer questions. Like it's the access, I, I I like Instagram as the best platform for me. But I really need to step up on YouTube too though. So that people can go back and revisit content.
1: No, that's true. That's true. I think YouTube YouTube has kind of always been on the back burner for me as well because I know I should be uploading things, but I just don't do it. So <laughs> I just don't have the patience, I think, for YouTube. It's kind of mm-hmm. like I can. It's more of
0: production. I, it is. Cause
1: when you look at people that put, like, the YouTube uh, creators, the influencers, they put a lot of work. It's a lot of Mm -hmm. work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Not that I'm scared of work, but it's a lot of work to to put something up on YouTube as opposed to going to Instagram. You know, we can create a quick little graphic, make our graphic if we have a template, boom, bam, post it. That's it. Like you said, going on, answering questions, going live, um, those different things. So, I can see why you like Instagram. I can see why, yeah. you, why you would go, that would be your go-to.
0: That's it. But I mean, I would Now, really what is your least favorite.
1: favorite? Huh? Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: What was you saying? What's my least favorite?
1: Yes. Do you have a least favorite? Uh, Twitter. Twitter okay, used to okay. be my...
0: When I was an artist, Twitter was like, I love Twitter. Why I love Twitter is because I got booked for more shows in one year all because of Twitter. People would tweet me, Baron, when you going to come to my city and perform? I'm like, yo, hit the promoters up in your city and tell them to book me. I got booked by more fans on Twitter to come to cities I probably would have never even seen on a map perform. All because of Twitter, but it's just it's just something different now. Twitter's like the least I don't even tweet. So yeah, so it's, it's Twitter for me. Twitter is the one I use the least that I probably should get back on and and be more active. Like I don't do Snapchat and TikTok and all of those now nah. But I do encourage people who are really serious about business. LinkedIn, I get a lot of clients from LinkedIn and i think it's a platform that's underutilized and people don't take as serious as they should especially from a business perspective i get a lot of clients on linkedin i think it's just people you know people that's on linkedin they serious and they like focused on their business so you mm-hmm. can we out the people that's not serious or business minded
1: that's true that's true i think Um, Now, there is another site, too. I think LinkedIn is very good. Um, I haven't really used it in terms of trying to get clients myself, but I think LinkedIn, if you're going for seriousness, that's where you're going to see a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more people just posting, you know, their articles or just connecting, you know. And even, I don't know if you've ever done like the LinkedIn, um, I think it's like LinkedIn Gold or Premium or something like that. Um, have you ever tried that, like that upgrade?
0: I did there. I there free trial for like thirty days or something, but I can't pay LinkedIn five hundred a month for something. I don't use that much.
1: <laughs> That's true. Like you know, they got. Not really on it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like five hundred a month is a lot for a social networking platform when everything else is free. That's true.
1: That's true. Now. I know that you are you know that you do marketing yourself but when it comes to also i know that you know you you can purchase like um advertising on a, on facebook or instagram or even twitter for that much do you do you use that do you think that that's even effective to to purchase advertising through those through those type of uh ways or or no
0: this is a interesting topic so Maybe six months ago, my answer would have been no. I don't trust nobody's advertiser I don't trust Google. I don't trust Facebook ads. I don't trust nobody that's running ads. In the last two months, three months, I've had some clients that have run Facebook ads, and I couldn't believe the results that they got as far as leads. I'm talking like 150 leads a month. I've never been able to accomplish that for not myself not for any client before. So once I started seeing some now granted this client was a tax company so I was just attributing the success of the ads because it was tax season. Right. So I'm like, you know what? You got a an accounting and tax office, maybe that's why this is tax season, maybe that's why the results yielded um so favorably. So you know, I was like, you know what? Let me get this Facebook ads thing another try. I just looks completely like, like, nope, it's bogus. They just charging you for reach and it ain't reaching nobody. So I did it for another client. And the same thing, man, this guy was getting like 50 leads a week. He couldn't keep up with the leads. So I'm like, man, so the reason I like Facebook ads now is because they actually have an advertising section called get leads, right? So this right. is this is an ad set where you actually the person actually has to put their information in name, phone number, email address, and what they want. And you get that lead directly. So I like that Facebook has incorporated actual lead capture. Now granted you still got to call the lead and qualify it, but it's not just like reach and how many people click the link type thing like Facebook used to be. Now you actually mm-hmm. got more people that you can say, hey, you know, I see you clicked our ad, you inquired about our company, want to understand what you do and how we can help. So I always recommend Facebook ads right now, right? Because if you do Facebook ads, you automatically get Instagram. So when people be boosting their posts on Instagram and stuff like that, they wasting their money. They should do that stuff on Facebook because you'll get Instagram for free automatically.
1: So what I want to say, I have tried the ads. I think that they do bring in people that you would never really expect and you wouldn't really expect for it to have that type of effect sometimes. But I think those, I think the ads work. I think I've tried Twitter. Um before I don't think it was that su- to me it wasn't that successful. It didn't have that many leads, but um there are so many other there are so many other avenues I think that can also work for free. Now is your business also mm-hmm. on it's another site called um alignable. Have you heard of Alignable?
0: I've heard of that. Yes. I've heard of okay. alignable. Actually the people that hooked me up with alignable set me up with um they told me about Alignable. They told me about Upwork. They told me about it was a couple of different ones that I end up just putting my company on all those sites.
1: Okay, I will make sure I look for you on Alignable and uh, try to connect with you there. I think they're kind of limited though, as far as like the connections um, you can make. Um, per month with them, unless you upgrade, which I'm not going to do. I think that there, it's an interesting platform as well. I'm not really, platform.
0: I don't think i personally, I think somebody in my office set it up, but I think I need to personally put, put one up for myself personally.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Do. Cause will be surprised you'll be meeting people, um, in your, like in your area, other business owners. So I think. I think that may, you know, it may just be like another little outlet for you. But what I want to say as well, I want to thank you just for even just taking the time and just even having a conversation. Um, one thing that I, I also wanted to ask you about the calendar, the calendar that you put out. What made you create the calendar for social media? Like I, I saw the commer- I saw the commercial for uh, that you did on YouTube. I think it's, I think it's super yeah. creative, super helpful tell me a little bit about why you decided to come up with that
0: so when i started working on personal brand and i started going and getting interviewed by some 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 big outlets everybody always asks me um you know you be going to these conferences and you be speaking on business and you don't ever sell a product at the end every entrepreneur we come they sell something at the end they come they motivate the crowd they do a big speech and they then they say hey, if you want to come to the back then you can buy my my course on six steps to six figures or whatever you know how they do
1: right right like,
0: well um, i don't know so the problem the reason i created the calendar is because a lot of people um who reached out to me to consult they wanted to hire the brand castle to run and manage their social media because they didn't have the time. But when we told them the price, they couldn't afford it monthly. Mm-hmm. So I say, yeah, we can run your social media, but we charge $1,500 a month to run your platforms and create your content and all of that. We'll do it, but it costs. So I wanted to um, provide something. To still be able to help those people who couldn't really afford to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month for us to do social media for them, but give them a little tool to be able to be consistent with posting on their their own, right? So I think when we put that content out, we put that out like the end of November, twenty nineteen. To just kind of prep to start the new year off right. And I think we like gave them the month of December for free. Like, so it gave you something that you can post. People always say, well, how do I know what to post on social media? Like, do I put mm-hmm. a picture up, <laughs> a photo yeah. up, can I do a video, like what do I do? So this calendar, it took me like two, three weeks to make this calendar. Like I had to come up with something for every day for the year 2020 and, um, so that's really was the create that was the process of creating the calendar. I wanted to for people who really couldn't afford $1,500 a month for us to do your social media, but you still wanted to be active, you still needed help on what to post. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna come out with a content calendar. I'm gonna make it like super affordable. I think the calendar was like 29 bucks or something like that. And, and it did really well. You know, I didn't have to track it. It was just like people could go right on there, they can pay for it, and they automatically get the download link for the calendar right to their phone. So I didn't have to like manage the sales of it. It was all digital. Um, and it did really well. I mean, I don't really promote it no more, but um, it's still selling. Um, just because people don't know what to post on social media. You know, I got a lot of clients that are realtors, right? So the real mm-hmm. real estate agents. They don't have time to do anything on social media. They were just ripping and running. And I'm like, look, if you take my content calendar, you sign up for a website called buffer.com, where you can schedule and put all your posts in a queue for like a month, you don't never have to worry about posting. You just got to prep your content at the beginning of the month and let it run. So that's what they was doing. So that was the real reason behind um creating the content calendar and then you know my team they like yo we're going to make a cartoon for you to post on your social media <laughs> and i'm like they make they make this little cartoon guy got a little belly I on it. Like,
1: That's you? You. <laughs> i said yo um, that is him what's happening
0: <laughs> i'm like yo you know what i love it man let's do it and it just people just respected it but it's like you know every time we do something for me it's ultimately adds to what we can do for other people as the Brand castle. I got a bunch of business owners hit me up like, yo, can you make me a little cartoon and um, we want to do a little 30 second snippet for, yeah, we could do all of that. So every time we do something for me, it's just something that the Brand castle adds to the portfolio of things we could do for other people. So I'm really like the guinea pig.
1: Well, it worked. Cause I was like, wait a minute. That looks just like him. What's, this is crazy. <laughs> this
0: is crazy. And then I got some, got some animators on the team, and That's people awesome. that just genius. Man, they just they just. I trust them with everything, so they they just send it to me and like, yo, this is what we did for you. Tell me if you like it, and it's probably probably nine out of ten times I always like it on the first try. So, um, but it took a while to get to that point.
1: Some people didn't make it. <laughs> Listen, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. They, they got you down to a T. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like, I was like, wait a minute. And they are and it's, it's real. But I, I love, I love that creativity. I was like, you really are putting yourself out there. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm seeing you everywhere. So, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit. I do want to ask what are three goals that you that you are looking to accomplish this year for your business?
0: Um, my biggest goal is I want so I got I own the Brand Castle, right? That's one business. I own Real Estate Captured. That's another business. Um, people don't know that hiphopdose.com that media outlet I own that. Um nobody knows that I own that until they like artists come to Miami and they like, yo, we want an interview, and then they found out that I own that <laughs> they found out I own that company. Um I own McQueen Development, which is a um that's a team of uh realtors, designers, and architects. We kind of really like buy land and then develop on the land. So We try to find land cheap and then try to build like two or three townhomes on it and then sell them or or rent them um and then i own a company called paramount design concepts which is a uh interior design company so um the goal is for all of those to be doing thirty thousand dollars a month that's my goal all five of those businesses going $30, $30, a month.
1: Listen, I believe it's doable. You have that drive, that focus. So I, I know you. If anybody can get it done, I know you can do it. Yeah.
0: So if if I could get that, like and that's why I tell people the diversification is so important because you know you know every business not gonna always have a good month. You are gonna have bad months, but if you got that other business picking up the slack. Or if you got all them businesses hitting at the same time, then you're golden.
1: That's true. That's true. How do you stay balanced though with with all the businesses? Um, I know you said you're married, you know, and everything. How do you balance that with your personal <laughs> life? Well, your personal life with your business. How do you balance everything?
0: I don't sleep, honestly. Um, I probably sleep four hours every day. Anything over four hours is too much sleep for me not because i'm like yo you gotta be out there grinding my body can't sleep more than four hours so when i was in the music business um i was always in the studio really late so I, my body has been functioning of little to no sleep for over 20 years so it's not really like a thing where i'm telling people yo i just grind so hard that i only need four hours of sleep now my body just is too much sleep for my body It's not used to sleeping more than four hours, you know i'll be up all night hit the club leave the club go to the studio and straight from the studio go home shower and I go to my job, the next day, when I was doing music. So I my body just was so conditioned. to function without sleep without coffee so it's just like my wife still thinks something wrong with me
1: but I, <laughs> like, I,
0: I don't know like it's and then for me it's like i don't understand how people sleep so much my wife asleep she could sleep 12 hours straight and i'm like oh that's crazy to me but i don't it's because i because i can't do it my body won't do it so i think like i actually get I can get twenty hours of work done every day, so I think that's the balance. It's like I don't sleep. Hmm. I don't sleep, and then I'm super. I try. Let me let me not give myself a lot of credit. I try to be super organized. (laughs) Okay. You try. So this is what I do. Like every morning when I wake up. I wake up at like 5:36, um, and I got this, I got this black book, and inside this black book, it's got like um, six lines on it for uh like tasks. So I write my tasks every morning in this book. I can't go to sleep until everything on that list is checked off in the tasks. So in the midst of just doing my day to day and doing everything I got to do, I always got to revert back to where I'm at on that task list. And if it's not done, I can't go to sleep. So I mean, that's that. all in the midst of uh, trying to get work done on this business. My wife telling me she want me to cook dinner. I got grass to cut in the back. Like, in the Almost. midst of all of that, I still got to go back to those tasks. Like today, I'm trying to build a, a, a sand pit. In my backyard because i want to be able to put some chairs right out there on the water and you could just fish right right from the sand pit so
1: oh, that was my goal
0: for the day. i wanted to finish my sand pit and then it started raining but i had five other things that needed to get done on the list like i had mm-hmm. i knew i had this interview today so i had to make sure yo don't bother me between three forty-five and five i'm busy so it's like it's just really about that kind of structure like i know i got a task list every day and i don't go to sleep until the task list is done so like like monday i'm supposed to be interviewing paul wall um nice. for hiphopdose.com they releasing a new record next friday um but i got a million things going on Monday, but I gotta make sure I don't miss the Paul Wall interview. Like, no. <laughs> <so it's>
1: like <laughs> you can't do that.
0: That's the, that's the balance, man. I keep this little book. It, it looked like a little Bible when I walk around. People probably think I carry a Bible, but it's really like a little task book. And I take this mm. thing. Up. It's like it's like a monthly. My my wife got me this book from Five Below. It's just like had a 2020 date on it. And it's like a little monthly planner, but every day it had that those couple of lines on it that I could fill in. And that's how I go about my day, man. That's how I make sure I get everything done, whether it's phone calls, whether it's an important email I got to do, um, updates to the websites, like all of that stuff. I got to be on top of that. You know, Hip Hop Dose, we got 30 editors on that site. So when I started that site, I was the only person writing on it. Now I got 30 editors, I don't have to write anything. <laughs>
1: listen that's gotta be that's gotta be relaxing for you you know to a degree that's gotta be like okay, yeah, I mean, I gotta I yeah i gotta trust
0: what people putting out because ultimately that reflects on the brand correct so i got an editor that's bad about an artist and then my website posts it and then i run into the artist and they like oh you the guy from hip-hop goes there yeah was talking oh, about breaking oh yeah all that kind of stuff be happening to me so I'm like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. first of all I ain't I ain't writing
1: the article <laughs> <coughs> they gonna be mad because you put it up it's it's on the platform so they're gonna be right. mad at you so gotta, there.
0: That's it. So I gotta be like you know now I got people that got a review all the editor stuff now it's like it's a lot of people um, that I oversee from different different businesses so but we get it done we make it happen somehow
1: listen mr. McQueen I want to say thank you so much just for your time today um, I really appreciate it. Um, if you want to just tell people where they can find you online, it'll also be um, listed in the interview as well uh, when we post it. Okay. If you just want to uh, let everybody know where the best place is going to be to find
0: you. Um, the best place to find me anywhere on social media is Baron McQueen. That's B A R I O N. Last name McQueen, M C Q U E E N that's my handle on everything social media related um we've been actually doing a good job uh working with google to try and uh get me back googleable other than be to the dot now so um you can google me now i'm googleable again and uh but under my real name so but that's it man you can go to the official website baronmcqueen.com and get everything Social links, the book, the calendar, access to the YouTube, all of that stuff can go to the official site.
1: Well, again, thank you so much just for your time today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>